either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. Marco. Sean, you taking a selfie? I was going to say, should we start with a selfie today? Let's mix it up. Yeah. There you go. All right. Here, here's the selfie, everybody. Kind of look, look silly. <laughs> Ooh, we have props even in the selfie. Look at that. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice. The DEF CON uh, coin, challenge coin there. So, so I'm oh. wondering, Sean, how does a selfie works on a podcast? Do we do some weird noise? Like if it's audio only, the, the selfie. We, we all, we all talk like dolphins and, dolphins and whales. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I'm not the I'm not that kind of uh, oceanographic okay. expert. Anyway, I scuba uh, dive. I scuba dive, and I think that uh, dolphins are actually meaner than sharks. Really? But do you speak dolphin? Or Most definitely whale? not. <laughs> <laughs> I speak bubbles. <laughs> I can barely speak English. <laughs> I wonder if uh, dolphins speak English, but that's not why we're here. And uh, I'm pretty Maybe. sure that where we're going with this, there is no they ocean. speaking binary. Yeah. Is there an ocean in Las Vegas, Sean? Did they just add one? There just is. Yeah. It's, <laughs> in the desert? Yeah, it's, uh, it's the Hoover Ocean uh, right at the base of the dam. It's the flood, because uh, he knows. Oh, the flood, yeah. The flood, it's true, too. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't too long. Hopefully, things have dried out in time for, uh, <laughs> for Black Hat and DEFCON, which is uh, what we're here to talk about. This is our chats on the road to Las Vegas Hacker Summer Camp, where we get to speak with keynotes and speakers and organizers and and friends and family from uh, far and wide from around the world. And uh, today we have the Blue Team Village on, and uh, we're, we're introduced to our Good friends with Techie and Omen Scan uh, through another friend who's been on quite a bit, uh, Russell Mosley, who uh, 
is one of the organizers for the Blue Team Village as well. And Muteki Omanskan, it's great to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it. So a lot going on. Um, a big, big year for both Black Hat and DEF CON, 25th and 30th. 25 and 30, yeah. Uh, respectively. And big year for us. We're Blue Team Village 5. So look at that. Fifth year anniversary or fifth birthday. And uh, a lot has changed in the last few years. Um, not just pandemic, but technology and how we look at business and how we run our businesses and attack them and defend them. <laughs> so we, uh, we're excited to talk to you about uh, the work the Blue Team is doing to help, help companies and individuals succeed in their, in their defender role. So uh, before we get into it, let's uh, a few words from each of you about uh, who you are and, and your role in the village. And Muteki, we'll start with you. Uh, so I'm Mateki. I've actually been a volunteer for Blue Team Village. This will actually be my fifth year involved with the village, ironically, how old it is too. Um, I have a kind of a mixed, interesting background of different careers in, in IT and then only recently transitioned into cloud security, which is what I do currently. Um, and as part of the village, I have been involved in kind of creating our mentoring program. Um, and then um, this is my first year doing in-person organizing, which has been quite an adventure. Um, so I really love just uh, getting to see people get connected all around the world and, and have access to that, the information that we're able to get to them. Nice. And Omen Skin. Yeah, thanks. Um, so I have, uh, I have gray hair, so I've, I've been around the block once or twice. Um, I have a pretty extensive background. I've, I've had the opportunity to do some, some really cool stuff. Um, 16 years at NASA, seven years at Lockheed. Um, eight years working for uh, Live Nation and, and now um, just really excited to be working for IBM. Um, I'm uh, also with Muteki, was there at the first Blue Team Village, volunteered uh, and have the incredible honor that to be asked to, to be involved with the board and, and, and help coordinate. And uh, just, I, I mean, I can't, say how, how fortunate I've been. And, and a big part of that is being able to be around some great people at Blue Team Village, just a spectacular group of people. Well, th th this is and, very- And Russell. Spectacular people and Russell. <laughs> well, don't make fun of people that are not here. Come on, they cannot defend uh, themselves. Our, our co-director, sure co co-director Russell is actually Smokem. So Smokem is, is the- uh, He's the top one, and then Russell's the other one. You know, it's split personality. <laughs> That's he'll, right. He'll, That's true. He'll get a kick out of this anyway. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of birthdays here, you know, 25, 30, those are big numbers, and, and five, of course, is, is as well. But what, what I would like to know is uh, there's been a lot of changes. I mean, this industry is based on change, really quick, really fast and I'd like to know if you can give us uh, maybe uh, Omen Scan a, a little background on what it was when the village got started five years ago, and where what is it now? What does it change fundamentally, or maybe fundamentally right. so, the same thing? What a great question! Um, so you know, five years ago when we started, uh, that would be you know DefCon 26 uh, back in 20, 2018. Um, and it was really a, a, a group of, of folks much smarter than me 
getting together and saying, ah, well, there should be some defense uh, stuff happening at, at DEF CON. There should be you know, some representation. And the, the way we approached it, and I, the way we continue to approach it, is that hacking just doesn't happen on the attack side, right? There's a lot of hacking on, on the defense side. And so, you know, we felt bringing that story of, of you know, all, all the great hacking that's done that defenders do is something that, you know, the, the DEF CON community would be interested in hearing about. Uh, that was uh, 2018. Then 2019, um, you know, we really, like, we had Blue Team Village After Dark, and we had the badge, um, did a, just a spectacular badge, super fun. Um, and uh, and we continued to grow, and then, you know, 2020 safe mode when when COVID happened, uh, you know, we had to think of how do we continue. There you go, yeah. <laughs> we had to think of you know how are we going to continue to serve uh, this community that we're building, right? Because we're all about the community, all about learning and inclusion, and you know everybody gets to play. Um, it doesn't matter your level, you know, where you're at. Um, we wanted, you know, everybody involved. How do we continue that? And I think Muteki can talk a lot more about uh, when we, we went virtual, right, for two years. And now here we are, uh, you know, DEF CON 30, and we're taking those two, the virtual and the, and the in-person, and, and putting them together. And, and from my perspective, I don't think we're ever going to go away from, from that again. It's going to be hybrid for the foreseeable future. Um, but uh, you know, Muteki's been really involved with on the virtual side, so I'd, I'd you know defer to her to talk talk about that. Yeah, from my perspective, I mean, the history of the village is, I mean, Omen said it absolutely beautifully. Um, I remember just being a wide-eyed volunteer who wasn't, you know, pretty wasn't very experienced in the in the security space, and obviously since then I've gotten a lot of experience. But I remember, you know, BTV being very open to beginners, very open to people making career changes. Like, I'm, you know, I'm a serial career switcher, so <laughs> I understand what that's like. And I mean, when the when the pandemic started, we really saw this like really drastic shift into into meeting virtually. And to be honest, from my perspective, that actually opened a lot of borders, which was kind of the whole point of BTV to begin with. I mean. You know, yes, we were not just the first village to do to, to introduce the defensive side of hacking, but also we were a space that that was really focused on bridging the gap between, you know, people who are experienced with with technical subjects and people who are trying to actually, um, you know, develop those skills to begin with, who, you know, for whom often the career path of least resistance is actually. Um, you know, a little bit more on the, the corporate IT side, which is innately going to be defensive. Um, so moving to virtual was kind of this natural progression um, where we got to basically open the floor. And, you know, so I, I started and ran and currently run a mentoring program. And we, I think I have mentors and mentees on every single continent, except for Antarctica. No one, no one's checked in from Antarctica yet. Um, but, you know, I've got like, I've got someone in North Africa. I've got someone in South Africa. I've got Malaysia, I've got Australia, you know, um, plenty of people in India, some China, all over Europe and all over the Americas as well. So, and and for those people, this pandemic actually brought this opportunity to to get access to information that previously was, you have to be in Vegas and then you get to register for this workshop and it's not recorded and posted. And now like we're, you know, running virtual workshops this year and they're already 
pretty much sold out because there's still this demand for for access to that knowledge and skills that's attainable for everyone. Um, and to me, that's like a perfect synopsis of the, the whole history of Blue Village being about getting people in, getting people in to learn and uh, access that information. And uh, we'll, we'll send Marco to Antarctica so you can have a check-in from there. <laughs> Perfect. We'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll do our part. Uh, I want to talk to uh, to both of you about what what you learned. You, you both have said the, the defensive side of hacking. And I don't know if you can switch that hacking hacking defense. I'm, I'm wondering what what do people learn? Because I, I was years ago, I used to build build products and test products, and you could test the interface white box or you can test black box and get down in the code and, and break stuff that way. Is that, is that a good way to look at defensive hacking? Are you, or what, what are people learning? Cause it, I mean, the whole point of the village is to bring people together, share, share thoughts and, and teach each other, or share, share things with each other. Right. Yeah, I think so. You know, if you think of, if you broaden the idea of hacking, like I, I always tell people the greatest hacker I ever knew was my grandfather who didn't know anything about, I mean, the, the PC hadn't even been invented yet. Uh, but he could take anything apart. He could take parts from one thing and make something else work. He had a garage full of parts. He, you know, if he couldn't fix something, he would disassemble it and keep, keep the parts in the garage. And, uh, I, you know, from the, on the blue team hacking side, I think, you know, what we see in, on, the, on the blue side is blue teamers using all sorts of tooling to be defensive, right? Using some of the red team tooling to be defensive. Um, the whole area of digital forensics, right? Uh, operating systems are, they don't have digital forensics as part of their design, but, but blue teamers have found these different pieces of information. Uh, in machines that can show uh, activity or show, you know, what has happened uh, on a machine. And so it's this idea of reusing things in a way that they're really not, they weren't originally designed to be used. And so that sort of showing people, this is how you can use something to accomplish a goal, even though it may not have been designed for that. And then moving beyond that, like, now, how do you think in that way? How do you think in terms of, okay, I am working on something and the tool I normally use isn't working. What can I do to get the same information, right? Having that mindset of you're not really just someone that uses something in the way it's supposed to be used, but you're using what's available to you to accomplish a goal. Yeah, I know. I, I love the reference to to your grandfather, and and uh, I always think of Galileo is a great hacker because he took a telescope, he made it better. He didn't invent it, but then you know, <laughs> he reached he reached the stars. Uh, so, Moteki, the the digital transformation. I completely agree with you um, that we had to adopt. Right? I mean, not just the digital transformation, but the digital event right the virtual event that was like yep that's the only way to do it and now it's going to be here to stay how is that you can inspire you know all these new people that can come in the industry and teach them not only the people already in the industry but actually tell them hey look it's pretty cool what we do um how that works when you're not face to face with them in person 
And I know it well, works, but I want to hear from you. <laughs> well, I might be a little bit biased because I work in cloud security. So to me, everything <laughs> that I could possibly do in security is remote automatically. <laughs> so okay, that okay. probably Touché. gives me a certain position. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it just, it, it comes to discussions and more of the social side of things. So, you know, um, for, for the mentor program I run, we have regular meetups and we'll have panel discussions about different topics. Um, and and really try to include people that are from different backgrounds and different places to kind of bring in this this interesting angle to things because even things like you know how you demonstrate your technical skills on a resume is going to be different depending on what country you're from or what region um, and, you know and then some regions may be more concerned about let's say you're you know if you're doing threat hunting then that looks different depending on what geopolitical region you're in as well so I, I think a lot of it is just exposure and it's easy access because anyone, wherever they are, usually has some half reasonable, maybe, connection to the internet and can tune in and start learning about stuff that, you know, they aren't exposed to on a regular basis. It even applies to being, you know, in a rural area in the US, people being exposed to to people that work in, in areas where that's more, there's some more, a heavier tech presence. Um, and then after those, you know, after panel discussions, there's usually like a little social hang. And, you know, I'm sure, I feel like at this point in in the pandemic, most of us are pretty tired of, you know, the, the digital happy hour, Zoom happy hour thing. But I think there's, you know, there's still an appetite for it because a lot of people just come and, and just stay quiet in the background and listen to conversations. Because again, they're about things that they're not exposed to. And because we're all a bunch of nerds, we wind up talking about different topics and people start asking a lot of questions like, hey, I've never heard of you know this programming language or this this tool. And then we kind of go down this rabbit hole. So it, it comes down to a lot of, I think just inspiring the, the desire to learn, not necessarily just delivering the actual content that leads to that learning process. Um, yeah, and, and anything, I mean, whatever tools we have, um, you know, I know Omen will be talking about Project Obsidian later, but a lot of the content that we've created as, you know, for, for workshops and type and that type of stuff can be posted in a way that it's accessible to people as well as being, um, you know, accessible remotely can also be accessible asynchronously. And Omen, let's talk about Obsidian and, as, as Mutegi was talking about the tools and, and using them, I immediately went to uh, the arsenal at Black Hat, where there's just mm -hmm. a plethora of tools and a lot of open source yeah. stuff to, to help, I, I presume, red and blue teams and purple, perhaps, do what they yeah. do. What, what is, what is uh, Project Obsidian? So Obsidian is something that we've been working on now for a couple of years. This is really sort of its, its kind of you know, grown up version, uh, but it's been something that we've been talking about for a long time. And essentially what we started talking about a couple of years ago was how do you provide a way for people to learn where they don't have to go to a classroom, they don't have to uh, take time off of work, they, you know, the all of the things, uh, the cost, um, how do you how do you provide an environment where anybody could just jump right in regard like I just, you know, say someone read about this thing called digital forensics yesterday or or malware reverse engineering yesterday and they'd like to learn how to do it but they don't they don't have any 
any way to do that. So what we decided with Obsidian was we would create a fictional company. Uh, we built it all in AWS. We would bring in some, some attackers, uh, some red team folks, spectacular red team, uh, red team folks that we brought in to compromise that environment. Uh, and then we would do all the things that defenders do. We would do an incident response on it. We would do digital forensics on it. We would do threat intelligence. We would do threat hunting. We would do reversing the malware, right? So we got all these people together. We, we went through an exercise of compromising the environment. And then everybody went back, all the teams went back, and they created uh, content using almost entirely open source. Um, there's some things that are not open source, but they don't get in the way. You can still do everything with open source. And we're going to publish all of that. So we're gonna be doing walkthroughs in the village. We'll have stations where we've got some pre-recorded content where people can come see, uh, you know, those that are interested can come see how th the tools are used uh, in the environment. And then here's the data. We're gonna give the data to everybody. And that does a number of things. It, it allows them to use their own tools, download the data, try it, try it themselves, connect to our Discord, ask questions. So we have a, a large Discord community and uh, it's purposely very welcoming. Um, we encourage people, hey, come join, ask questions, help each other learn, right? Um, that data will be provided as new tools get released, you could, you can take that data, try it out in new tools. I've already used some of the data in some uh, tutorials that I've given. That that data and that information, we're trying to go beyond just, you go to a classroom, you spend a week in the classroom, and then you go home and you have some notes and maybe some some books. We're, we're trying to create an environment where it's, it's almost constant learning. Like we're going to do this again. We're going to keep adding more and more content. People can ask questions. People can run their own tools. How come I didn't find what you found? Or how come I found something that you didn't find? Uh, and continue the conversation of almost like a continuous learning uh, environment uh, where, look, if you have a question, it's okay. There is no, you you can only come if you're, you know, you can only join if you've got three years experience. Look, if you just heard about it yesterday, you downloaded the data and you're not sure what to do, come join the community. Let's, let's have a conversation. I'll say one thing I'll add to that. Yeah. Um, cool. That is one, one emphasis that I particularly like about Project Obsidian is that, you know, it's, it's the same data with different perspectives. So, you know, I, as, as a cloud person, you know, there, Maybe I know more about, you know, a little, a little bit about incident response in the past, but not about malware analysis. It's the idea of being able to approach the same data set from these different perspectives and learn how a different team does it, I think is incredibly valuable. Yeah. It's a great point because it was something we really considered. Like someone comes to the village and they're interested in threat intelligence, but they see reverse engineering. They don't have to go relearn a whole bunch of data. They can say, oh, I'm kind of interested in how reverse engineering works and then connect with, with that view of the data, like Miteki mentioned. Yeah, well, definitely the ongoing 
thing. It's something that we, we were just talking with, with other villages too. It's like, okay, there is the other 362 days of the year that is not DEFCON. And what, what is it? Are we just going to stop learning and then come back and reunite the community? I mean, the community is going every day. And I think that there, there, there is this important thing that Motegi will say about having access even from Antarctica. I'll just use a VPN and pretend to be from there. So you have that. But let's talk now as we kind of wrap this, this introduction into what people can expect that can actually be there at DEF CON in Las Vegas and, uh, and the one that are actually following um, remotely. What's, uh, what's the core, like keynotes? Uh, what, what's happening there? Um, so we have Project Obsidian content it's going to be in person in the village. Um, as Owen mentioned, we have kind of two tracks, stations, whatever you want to call them, and a main stage. Um, we'll have concurrent activities, uh, both the walkthroughs and um, some of the pre-recordings. That's going to be from about 10:30 to 3 p.m. Around 3 p.m., we're actually switching over to do live in-person panels. Um, these will not be recorded, but I'm I'm actually really excited about this because I, I think as a community we we've been trying to get a little bit more hand, hands-on content in, in accessible to people um, in person as well as uh, remotely. But um, talks often can be a little bit too one-sided. So we wanted to change it up a little bit and have something that's a little bit more interactive. And with panel discussions, we've got you know five to six panelists for each of these panels, kind of getting into a conversation about whatever the topic of the panel is. So we have um, a threat hunting panel. We have uh, one about leveling up your security skills. Um, I'm doing a cloud panel because love cloud. So we're going to get into a little talk about DFIR and how to architect and engineer around it. Um, and then we have uh, another couple panels. Uh, we have challenges and control validation, which Jake Williams is going to be running. Um, and then we have um, one about developing a SOC. And then we have an incident response panel to wrap it all up, which is definitely going to be a fun time. So that's always a good conversation. Um, so. Essentially, the, the Friday and Saturdays is, is kind of this mix of the hands-on side with uh, Project Obsidian and then the in-person panels afterwards. Um, and we're having a pool party Friday night just to, you know, to keep it fun and to light. Wash, to wash it all off. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then we do have some some wrap-up content uh, specifically related to Project Obsidian on Sunday. It's a little bit more chill, um, but we will be open on Sunday as well. So that's all the in-person stuff. Uh, virtually, we have two talk streams covering Friday and Saturday. Rather, it's one stream, one stream Friday, one stream Saturday. That's going to being held on the DEFCON Discord, which is the same Discord that was used for uh, DC 28 and 29 last year. Um, and there are three workshops. Like I mentioned, they're they're mostly sold out at this point, but um, I do believe we, we listed some wait lists as well. Um, and we are running these as two completely separate events. So. It, uh, we're not able to stream anything into the village or out of the village at this point. That would be a dream. <laughs> Give me about 20 more people and some more money and maybe I could do it. But um, yeah, so we do have that virtual offering as well. Um, and a, a, a whole crew of very excited staff and volunteers to run both sides of that. So I think it's going to be a great, great time. and It's going to be something that anyone can participate regardless of where they are and what their comfort level with COVID is. Yeah. I love it. And um, yeah, it sounds like, I mean, I'm always interested in kind of the connection to all of this to business. And it sounds like some of the panels uh, might might start to, to touch on some of that as well. 
that'd be that'd be an appropriate assessment. I think so. Um, so the one we're having, I think Friday at three o'clock, is um, it's dubbed heavyweights, and it's uh, essentially threat hunting at at the highest level. So uh, we have a couple great speakers um, that are up in the the top of of their of their companies running threat hunting programs. So we have uh, Sharad from Proofpoint is going to be one of the panelists. Um, I'm sure there's, I, I obviously don't have all the names on the top of my head, <laughs> but um, I think that's, it's kind of interesting because it's like, you know, we, we have Project Obsidian hands-on content about threat hunting, and then we have this panel that takes us completely, you know, takes that and zooms all the way out to think of it from maybe more of a nation state level and from the, the business perspective a little bit. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I mean, for cloud too, I obviously I can speak to that because I'm the person who's going to be moderating it, but you know, I, I'm also speaking at Cloud Village, and the Cloud Village and other very specific villages have you know a certain focus. And we don't always have a lot of crossover. So when I think of like blue teaming the cloud, I'm thinking more about like defensive engineering, but also that DFIR. And I'm not seeing a lot of conversations around, you know, if your company or you know or your small business or, or whatever layer you're you're involved in, um, if you're already in cloud, if you've already gotten through laying your your foundation down where do you go from there you know you're pointing your logs at a sim but if you're pointing them at splunk you're probably paying an arm and a leg because cloud trails like a fire hose <laughs> so you know we want to dig into more of that like okay let's 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 focus on this a little bit more of the intermediate advanced level and and really you know try to make that a little bit more usable and actionable and and mature compared to where a lot of organizations are or people and i think that's it's technically interesting too like it is you know i, I think you and you get anywhere deep in the weeds with stuff like that you know and we have people who have done cloud dfir so it's it's not just a theoretical conversation but when you you know when you have that kind of content then you think about like then you can probably apply some some hacking skills to it to, to figure out how to make it apply for your specific situation in your in your organization. Um, yeah, and then obviously SOC, you know, the SOC as well. Like that's in the that's going to be from the perspective of people who actually run who have run a SOC before. So I think that's going to be a really uh, meaty conversation as well. Yeah, I completely agree with with all of what Mutiki has said. Um, in, in addition, I would also add that you know on the Obsidian side. Um, we're looking at teaching people how to do something that that happens every day, right? Um, using open source tools, but teaching the, the the basic concepts behind it, so that you can learn things that you can actually take back to to where you work. Um, but more importantly, I wanted to say that first because more importantly, I think is what the work that, that Mutech is doing with with meet a mentor, um, really connecting people to allow them to help each other advance their careers. I mean, it just, I don't know of any other, any anyone else doing the kind of work that, that the meet a mentor program is doing. And uh, I mean, maybe just as a final, as a final note, Muteki, you wanna talk a little bit about uh, the number of people you've gotten connected. <laughs> Well, I've I've definitely had hundreds participate, um, rolled through a bunch of mentor-mentee matches. There are always more mentees available than there are mentors available, unfortunately. So it's definitely a slower process. But we're always trying to add programming and and that community connection. I can probably 
think of at least 15, 20 folks from the program who have gotten jobs directly from connections built through that as well. Um, either they've just networked within the community or their mentor or their mentee has, has uh, been able to help them personally um, or, you know, worked on the resume and interview skills and things like that. And it's, it's something I'm looking forward to kind of ramping up a little bit after, after the dust of the DEF CON planning has settled down a little bit. Uh, it's uh, it, it's great to see that happening, and uh, thank you, Muteki, on behalf of the folks you've helped, I'm sure, uh, for, for putting that together. Um, I also find it interesting that uh, and encouraging that we see folks crossing multiple villages, like you're working in, in Blue Team and Cloud, and we've seen others uh, crossing uh, ICS and, and policy, for example. Um, I think those... Those collaborations, those connections are super important. We're actually going to have JS on uh, to talk about the Cloud Village, uh, I think, on on Friday. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, may, maybe you can crash that one. I don't know, Muteki. <laughs> <laughs> should think about it. I'm actually uh, one of my panelists for my, my Cloud panel, um, Tony De La Fuente, who's uh, created a fantastic open source tool called Prowler. He's actually delivering a work, like a, a deep dive workshop at Cloud Village and then literally running down the hall to join my panel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I can only think about a big global village. You know, it's one village made of right. smaller villages. But yeah, I, how can they not be all connected? It's, it's impossible to think it that way. But I love that they are each are specialized, but... They all work yeah. together. You know, I, even the I red like a, and the blue team. I like a latte with my croissant. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to put one other shout out there, and that is uh, one of our other panelists for our um, developing security skills uh, panel is um, Tanisha O'Donohue, and she's involved with the uh, Girls Hack Village, which is uh, run by the nonprofit organization um, Black Girls Hack. So. I, I think they're, you know, that's an example of like how I think DEF CON is really growing and, and, and like really, we're starting to see a lot of interesting villages that take on topics that really weren't maybe discussed quite as much five or 10 years ago. And I'm really excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, super exciting. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have both of you on. We missed Smoke'em, uh, but we'll, hopefully we'll catch him. I think we're going to do uh, try to pull a live stream together from from the village, and uh, ho hopefully, uh, hopefully he can join us for that, and perhaps you and others from the village can uh, have a cameo appearance as well. Um, so, thank you both for this, uh, giving us some insight into what's going on in the Blue Team Village. Um, very important topic, and for everybody listening, we'll certainly provide links to. Techie and OmenScan, uh, their profiles, so you can connect with them and, and the village and their Discord and the Obsidian project and a bunch of stuff, uh, that, the uh, Find a Mentor uh, project as well. So thank you both. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this Chats on the Road to Hacker Summer Camp. And uh, see everybody in Vegas. Thank you so much. Cheers. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. 
Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our on-location conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.